Hello and welcome back to Basic Bible 102. I'm Margie Smith and today we are covering Lesson 19, which is about the Messiah, Jesus being revealing himself as the Messiah, in the Life of Christ, uh, first module of Basic Bible 102. Up to this point, we have talked about how Jesus was a great teacher. Obviously, he was his birth was prophesied, and so he appears to be the fulfillment of the prophecy for the coming Messiah. Uh, we saw, as I mentioned, he was a great teacher. He loved people. People loved him. He was also a miracle worker. He was able to heal people, cast out demons, and even raise people from the dead. Uh, the people that gathered around him knew that he was more than just a prophet and a, a good uh, teacher, but it was somewhat hard for anybody to believe that this was the Son of God. And I think that that is what, why Jesus kept saying, don't tell anybody I did this when he would do some uh, major miracle, because he knew as soon as the population, as soon as the um, Pharisees and the uh, spiritual leaders of the time and the rulers in Israel got word, they would be sure that the people wanted to make him their next king. And that would be very likely because the people were very much taken by Jesus. He loved them. He uh, forgave them. And because of that, there was a drive to make him the king. We'll see more about that next week when we see Jesus uh, coming to his final few days on earth. But for today, let's look at some of the ways that Jesus revealed that he was the Messiah. If you will turn in your Bibles to Matthew 8, we're going to look at a few things that Jesus did that bent the law of physics. It didn't seem possible for someone to do these things, and yet Jesus was able to do them. Okay, Matthew 8, 23. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him, and without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was asleep. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of a man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So Jesus' disciples were very much afraid by this storm, so it must have been a bad one. And the fact that they woke up Jesus, who was so tired, and uh, were, were just afraid that, that they were all going to drown. Maybe they thought they were protecting Jesus. I don't know. But Jesus got up and just spoke to the wind and the waves, and the, everything calmed down. And the disciples were so surprised. It was like all of nature listened to Jesus. Um, and of course it would, because what we know to be true is that if Jesus is the Messiah, which I believe he is, then of course he came from God and God created all things. He has power over all things. And so Jesus says to them in another spot, which we'll look at just in a minute, that uh, they don't need to be afraid, that they need to have faith. And that's the tricky part, because they believe Jesus and yet they doubt. Look now at Matthew 14. Uh, let's start in verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. 
After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waste because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. You've heard Jesus walks on water. Well, here's where it says that he did. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and uh, he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. All right, so this is a famous passage regarding Peter being able to walk on water with Jesus. And the fact that he was able to almost immediately, he just stepped out and he started walking toward Jesus, is a good example of how sometimes we can be impulsive with our faith. And we know that, that you know, when Jesus said, come to him, he just came. That's a good thing. But when doubts come in and we look around at the waves or the wind or the the obstacles around us, it's easy to lose our faith, to lose that sense of I'm doing the right thing. And in this case, Peter became afraid, and and he was afraid he was going to sink, and he did start to sink. And Jesus reached out for him immediately and helped him back into the boat. And he said, why did you doubt? So as we see here, Jesus' disciples are um, finding out that this is the Son of God in many different ways. Um, the disciples had been seen Jesus do many miracles, and they had seen him heal many and feed many. They'd heard his stories. They were mesmerized by his command of Scripture and his boldness before the religious leaders. But the disciples had um, left everything to follow this man, and they were still surprised to see Jesus walking across the lake. In fact, they were afraid of him. They thought he was a ghost. So we even in times of great spiritual growth, great um, the reveal, God's revealing things in your life, it's easy to get afraid and to doubt. And that's why Jesus says so often, your faith has made you well, your faith has healed you, your sins are forgiven. Uh, if you have faith, uh, because faith is something by its very nature, we can't see and therefore believe. We, we must believe without seeing. In this case, Peter is uh, compelled to get out and, and follow Jesus and walk on the water. And yet, when he takes his eyes off of Jesus and looks around at the obstacle, at the, the things that are threatening him, that's when his faith is weak. And so part of the things that we've learned in this whole beginning study of the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the life of Christ is that our faith strengthens when we look at Christ, when we spend time in the Word, when we pray, when we uh, exhibit and grow our faith by following the Holy Spirit's prompting. And when we are afraid and when we withdraw, that's when Jesus kind of comes along and says, Why are you doubting? You're men of little faith. 
In your homework assignment, which is in Matthew 21, we see that Jesus is walking along the road and he goes up to this fig tree to get, uh, because he's hungry and he just wants to eat some figs. Uh, This is in chapter 21, verse 18. Early in the morning, as he was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree on the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly? They asked. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to this fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. This particular passage has always been uh, a struggle for believers because we do ask God for many things, and and sometimes the answer is, no, that's not going to uh, take place right now, or no, that person won't be healed, or no, you're not going to get that job, or no, I need you to wait and be patient in whatever the circumstance. And so when uh, Jesus just speaks to this fig tree, and it's immediately withers, and then says to the disciples, you could do this, it's hard for us to comprehend that. It was hard for the disciples to comprehend it, and I don't think they really did until they had a chance to actually see Jesus at work in their own lives. Remember a few lessons back where Jesus sent out his disciples and he said, you know, basically to witness for him, and they were able to do miracles too. And yet here we see them thinking, well, you know, they could do many things in the name of Jesus. They could heal people, they could cast out demons, and yet there was still such an uncertainty of how much power do we have. And of course, all power was through the name of Jesus. But if you recall, there was one instance where they tried to uh, cast out a demon and it was not, they couldn't do it. And they came to Jesus. And then later on, they asked Jesus, why couldn't we do this? And he said, uh, this is in Matthew 17, verse 20. He replied, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. You know, those are bold words from Jesus, and I don't think he's uh, wrong at all. I think there are so many amazing things that we can do in the name of Jesus that we are afraid to do or because of things that we know. Sometimes knowledge can be a stumbling block because we know the rules of nature. We know gravity. We know uh, disease. We know things that seem like that's our reality because it's this world right here, this physical world. But Jesus is trying to get his disciples to step back and see the spiritual realm, which is far more powerful, and telling them, you can do pretty much anything you want if you do it in my name. So uh, even this little, you know, just enough faith as a a grain of a mustard seed, which if you've ever seen one, is so tiny. Uh, And it's hard to believe that these huge trees grow out of this little tiny seed, the mustard seed. All right, so let's look at one of the other times when Jesus revealed that he was the Messiah in a way that was unmistakable. Uh, Turn back to Matthew 17. We just read verse 20, but let's move a little bit further in um, in the chapter at the beginning, uh, beginning with verse 1. 
After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Right, These three disciples, Peter, James, and uh, John, they are the ones that he leans the most upon. And they are also the ones, of course, all of his disciples um, desert him, Peter particularly. And so Jesus has to, when he returns, which we'll learn in a few weeks, uh, has to reinstate Peter. Because remember, up to this point, he's had a lot of faith in these men, these men who have left everything to follow Jesus. All right, so he's taking them up on a mountain, just these three. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So Peter's impulsiveness gets him in trouble yet again, because instead of just sitting back and seeing what Jesus is going to do, he impulsively says, oh, we need to make little temples so we can worship. And instead, uh, while he's still speaking, a bright cloud envelopes them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. You'd think that was pretty clear. Jesus was going to be raised from the dead. They saw him in his glorified state in the transfiguration, and they had a chance to witness the supernatural with their eyes. Remember, up to this point, they've had to have faith without seeing, but Jesus gives them a glimpse so that they can see, and they are terrified. They're terrified at the holiness and the uh, awesomeness and powerfulness of Jesus. Now, the fact that Elijah and Moses appear with Jesus is a little bit interesting because some of the prophets say, um, prophecies say uh, Elijah must return. But it's also a way of blending, uh, seeing that Jesus came in fulfillment of what the prophets said would happen. He is the bridge between Moses, who represents the law, uh, Elijah, which represents the prophets, prophets and the New Testament, which is Jesus, the, the sacrificial lamb, the one who brings us in right relationship with God. Now, these three disciples don't really understand what they've just witnessed, but they do believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah. They've seen examples over and over again, and yet they're still very much afraid of the political climate. In fact, they don't want Jesus to go into Jerusalem for the Passover because they're afraid he'll be killed. They want to protect Jesus from all this, which we'll see more next week. But Jesus knows he must fulfill his prophecy. He is here to shine the light, to be the sacrificial lamb. And yet he's telling his disciples, do you see who I am? And if you do, and if you believe, then you will know why it's important that I move forward in my uh, purpose in this world. 
So we have seen in today's lesson that Jesus had power over nature, the physical laws of science. He was able to walk on water. And if we want to walk on water with him, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Jesus was revealed as the Son of God through this transfiguration um, event. And then sometimes we really don't understand a spiritual experience until we can put it in perspective. We can look back at it and we can understand what God was really doing, what he was really showing us. And the disciples, these three, will look back on this moment in the transfiguration after Jesus has died and, and come back from the dead and had then eventually ascends to heaven. They will remember this. And when they receive the Holy Spirit, this will be part of the sermons that they preach and part of the uh, stories of Jesus, which are then eventually written down and we have them to read. All right, so that's our story and our uh, understanding of how Jesus was revealing himself for today. For next week, we are going to begin this looking at the, the Last Supper and then the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. So this may be a story, the next three lessons may be a little bit more familiar to you, but it's important, I think, for you to remember all that built up to the moment when he, Jesus was um, basically imparting his last words to his disciples. So we will look at some of that next week. In the meantime, I want to just encourage you to keep going with this. If you are doing the uh, homework, awesome. Today would have been the day that you had the quiz. So if you're taking this as part of a group study, you would have done the quiz, uh, the last quiz for this um, study. And if you need answers to that, they can be found in the password-protected part of the um, website, basicbible102.com. All right, thank you so much again for your faithfulness. Uh, continue on. We have just three more lessons in this uh, section, this module. And uh, it's just very exciting to review, in my mind, the, um, the promises that Jesus left with his disciples and the way he prayed for them. And we'll see that next week. And in the meantime, have a great week and be blessed. <music>